Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of PQA Panel Talks. I'm your host, Mike Herchuk, and today we have a very exciting uh, conversation to have about performance testing and the cloud and how these things have intersected and how uh, the cloud is changing performance testing. Uh, I've brought together a, a panel of experts to talk about this today. I think that PQA is well-suited to to hold a podcast about this because we've been doing performance testing pretty much as long as we've been doing testing, and, and we're, uh, we're in our 24th or 25th year now and so we've got a long history of performance testing our current performance testing team is in the six to seven people range and that goes up and down based on the projects that we have and so we're, we're definitely working in this space and we're doing some interesting things so i thought that would be good to have a conversation so with that said i'm going to introduce my two speakers today i'm going to start with uh, john duncan do you want to tell us who you are please yeah thanks mike so jonathan duncan and spent the last 25 years i guess now um, in the development space and in the testing space. So written a lot of code, not all of it would have been well-written code. Um, and performance testing's a bit of a passion because I think uh, using the tools that exist today and the technology that exists can really sort of help us build better code from a performance perspective. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, and just to add a little bit, John is a, a VP here at uh, PQA and he owns the performance testing team. So he's definitely got his hand in the pot there. Lakshmi, how about you tell us a little bit about who you are? Definitely, Mike. Hi, everyone. This is Lakshmi Narsuman Mukur Raghavan. And I've been with PQA for the last one and a half years being a senior performance tester with them. I've handled over 10 clients with PQA during my tenure here. And I completed my master's from university at Buffalo, pursuing master's in electrical and computer engineering, focusing on memory management. And that is what made me take this career path as a performance tester. And I've worked in the US and I'm currently working and helping a number of clients in Canada through PQA. Awesome. Thanks, Lakshmi. So uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, most of our listeners out there are probably familiar with the traditional tool sets and how performance testing has worked um, with LoadRunner or JMeter or stuff like that. But what do you think are some of the biggest differences that we're starting to see or we've seen that the cloud is making in, in performance testing? John, Jonathan, let's start with you. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing and the most obvious one right off the start is just the ability to drive more load than we can through a single laptop, desktop, or even a small server that we may have in our facility. So the cloud allows us to, right, we can put load in different places around the world if that's what is important to our customers, as well as it being able to drive significant amounts of data through the number of users um, with the horsepower that's available in the cloud. Awesome. Lakshmi? Yeah, just to add a few more points there. Cloud enables a number of additional features like auto-scaling, which actually make sure that your application can be scaled. By scaled, what I mean is on an unexpected day, if you are having more number of hits, you don't really need to go and add more CPU or more memory to your existing physical infrastructure. If at all your application is on cloud, it can scale by itself and that is the most critical thing in performance testing. So you can basically have your users having continuously access your application without having any stop or discrepancies in their access. Awesome. Yeah, to highlight one thing that I remember for myself, um, a few years ago, maybe eight years ago now, I was working at a uh, at a company that did retail photo sites. 
and they had uh, users across North America. And one of the things that when we did our performance testing, one of the things that was really difficult for us to set up was we had noticed and, and we had a lot of evidence to support the fact that if you had users in southern Ontario, that there was a slowdown that happened in the hub that went through Chicago and, and Southern Ontario. And if you weren't aware of what might happen there, and, and there were a lot of uploads, right? Photo uploads. So there was a lot of performance hits. If you weren't aware of that kind of thing and are able to test around it, you just wouldn't have a very accurate idea of what might happen when you come to your big performance hits. So Black Friday and Christmas and, and the really heavy things for that kind of retail market. And you just couldn't plan and test for it because you didn't really understand how to have geographic spread. And I think that uh, we found ways of around it then, but that was really about engaging with other people who could do the testing from other places and it was complicated and difficult and annoying. And, and the cloud has really opened that up and made it more possible. Thinking about tool sets, has cloud changed the tools that we're going to day to day, John? I don't know that it's changed the tools. Um, it would change how we would implement them. So I know even well, early days performance testing was Let's manually test it and we'll sort of have that stop clock beside it. In your scenario, it would be, okay, do we have people across the country that could test it for us? Early days, it was, let's install something on a local machine and we'll drive the load through that. Now, obviously, it's gone to move to, okay, let's install the application up in the cloud. Some of them are, there's things out there like Flood.io that let me create my scripts locally, but then I will put them up in the cloud to have the cloud be the horsepower behind generating that load. So I think that's the biggest differentiator. With all tools, it's really, in my mind, about the process of performance testing that is the most critical to make sure that you're actually testing and that when the results come out on the other end, they were designed in a purpose that was going to give you valuable information, understand the actual performance of an application. Okay. Lakshmi, do you have anything to add? Uh, just to add a few more points there. So pretty much the tools which we use, Loadrunner, JMeter, Gatling, or even Selenium for performance testing. We really didn't change anything from moving from physical to cloud infrastructure. The only thing which is actually changed is that now we have a capability to execute these tests from the cloud. So basically you have your load generators which can be situated at different geographical locations. And as Mike, you were telling that you had a photo upload uh, application which you were working a few years back. So in that case, you can actually simulate the load across different geographical locations, say from the East Coast, from Central, from West Coast, and you have load generators available in different places. So you can definitely leverage uh, Flood.io or any third-party provider which can actually give you that benefit of actually using different load generators at different locations. So this can give you a diverse load and more of a realistic load what is going to happen in production because no way you're going to have all the load coming from a single system or a single physical machine which is located at very specific location. Cool. Thanks, Lakshmi. So these days when you just say cloud, you get to hop into a conversation with IT-minded folks and you say cloud, that to them, that auto-translates generally into talking about AWS, Amazon, or maybe talking about Azure or even Google or, or some other cloud service provider. But so when we're talking performance testing, how do the cloud platforms them fit into performance testing? Because in some ways we could be talking about stuff that is hosted on AWS and how are we performance testing, but we might also be talking about stuff that's not hosted in one of those cloud providers, but using the cloud systems to, to be the background for our testing. Is there a way that you guys can help shed some light on, on that discussion or those ideas? 
Uh, maybe Lakshmi, we'll start with you this time. Oh, sure. So the three big providers of cloud platform here are going to be Azure, Amazon, and you're going to have the Google Cloud. And all of them have their own versions, pretty much the same features, address, and are called in a different names, but they're going to give pretty much the same service. And what I see is even with the relational database they have, right, with Azure SQL or Amazon's RDB, Redshift, or even Google's Cloud SQL, all of them are actually pretty much having the same capabilities, which is having the same scaling options, but they have their own couple of few unique features, which uh, the clients or the customers would choose according to their application need. From performance testing perspective, irrespective of what technology or what uh, cloud they are on, we are going to do pretty much similar type of testing on making sure that we are able to handle the expected load. The first criteria, the second criteria is going to be handling more than expected load. And what if something fails, the failover testing. So these are the key aspects of what we look into irrespective of the cloud platform. And does that discussion change at all when your application is not hosted on one of the big three? So if if at all uh, it is hosted on say on Alibaba cloud or on a totally different uh, cloud platform, we are still going to test pretty much the same way, same types of test. And these types of test is going to be specific to the type of application, not on your where it is hosted and what type of cloud it is hosted on. And if it, if at all it's hosted in physical infrastructure, we still test it. One benefit of moving towards cloud is that even if your application is hosted on physical infrastructure, you can use multiple platforms to simulate load from cloud. Like basically you will be having the capabilities to simulate load across the geographical locations, irrespective of your application being hosted on cloud or not. Awesome. Jonathan, anything to add? Yeah, I think just to add to it, I think it it's similar to the conversations that we had before the existence of the cloud is understanding where are my users accessing the application from and then trying to find the right path to best simulate that, right? You, you may never get it identical, but back when we were doing performance testing on physical infrastructure, it was, okay, we know that our user community looks like this and we need to throttle back the throughput on that in order to best simulate that, right? So in this world, well, if we've got an application sitting in AWS, if we're running the performance testing in AWS, we've got to make sure that the traffic still goes outside of AWS before it goes, right? Because obviously cloud to cloud internally, that's not going to be the realistic scenario. So I think it's understanding how an application has been put together, the components that are there, and where the user community is going to be accessing it from and making sure that you're doing everything you can to best simulate that. Absolutely. And that, that reminds me of another story from when I was at a different place and we were doing a, uh, a parking uh, meter company where we had uh, tens of thousands of parking meters distributed across North America. And they were calling into a physically hosted server farm that we managed. And when we started doing performance testing on some of that stuff, we discovered that we were getting false results because some of the places that we were collapsing was in the creating independent sessions. And we needed thousands of independent sessions formed on these things. And while when we generated these sessions from inside the server farm, the sessions weren't truly independent and it wasn't giving us the results that we needed. And in order to create those sessions from outside of that server farm at the time, because this is still seven or eight years ago, uh, it was a lot more difficult. So having having the capability of having a separate location to come from uh, so AWS, uh, Azure, whatever, 
what that does is it, it it really proves that what you need that your user base your people that are touching your servers aren't actually part of that ecosystem itself and that would have been really powerful at the time and i'm glad that it's grown in that direction so let's shift a little bit we've mentioned auto scaling uh, a couple of times in this and then so that's that's the concept that with amazon with all three of them i believe uh, offer auto scaling is when your servers are overloaded it can add another server on the fly and it has a bunch of management software that helps with that so a question I have and a question that might come from uh, cost conscious managers out there is, do we have to do performance testing when we have this idea of auto scaling? Isn't that just taking care of everything for me? Jonathan? Yeah, so that's a that's a funny one. So years gone by, oftentimes you hear, well, what's the solution to the performance testing problem? Well, let's add more hardware. The invention of cloud and then auto scaling after that has made it so, OK, well, I don't even have to. It'll just add it. For me, I don't have to think about it, and I don't. That's not fixing a performance problem. It masks it in my mind. And when another instance comes online through auto scaling, the customer's paying for that new instance based on the amount that they use it. So, in my view, it's just masking the performance problems. And I, I, here in a second, we'll let Lakshmi speak about how to sort of best uncover those to try to get best performing code. But I think it's a it's a matter of let's make sure it performs. It's very very best it can early in a single instance to make sure that the code is written with the best performance techniques in mind so that auto scaling can work to reduce your risk while still not increasing costs significantly on your cloud bill when you get it at the end of the month. But maybe Lakshmi, if you want to talk a bit about sort of how do we work through that, because I, I know we all believe auto scaling is of a huge advantage, but maybe you can talk about how do we make sure that the code is performing well. Sure, John. Uh, I'd like to actually give an example here. When your application is actually being performance tested and you don't or you don't really have performance testers on the application, just trusting auto scaling and you go to production. So when you go to production with auto scaling enabled and you identify a memory leak there, there might be a temporary band-aid where basically you're going to add an additional instance and your application is still functioning as it is expected to function. Eventually what's going to happen is you're going to run out of memory in spite of adding additional instances and it's going to be happening in a loop. So basically, you're going to keep adding additional instances and this is never going to stop. And this is going to affect the cost of the project on a higher scale than hiring a performance tester. So hiring a performance tester would have been an easier option. So in this specific case, what could have been done or what should be done at an earlier stage is that when you test for a code, you need to make sure that you test it without having the auto scaling enabled. That is, you need to test it on the raw instance to see how much your current instance can handle even before auto scaling kicks in. Say if you're having an, uh, 200 concurrent users accessing your application over a period of one hour duration, you need to test that first and try to go a little ahead of it and go with 300 users for the same one hour and see what's happening. And, and then you can probably run another round of test with auto scaling enabled to see actually if auto scaling is helping you when there is 400 users. So that's how you need to plan your tests and that's how auto scaling should always be a luxury or it can be used and it can be used only if it is needed. It, it doesn't need to be used all the time and it, it's not that if you have auto scaling, you don't need performance testing. That's a huge misconception. Awesome. Thanks. And 
And a couple of things come out of that to me. Uh, so one of the things I think to say in a different way that the one of the things that the performance testing you're doing is helping highlight the health of the code that you've written and scaling can obfuscate that so that that in the end, if you don't highlight that and fix it, you'll have a catastrophe that you didn't know was going to come. And so I think that's awesome. And I think that's a really important thing. Uh, another thing that I think it also helps point out is that when you set yourself up on AWS and you auto scale, when you add another server, it's adding another server of the same size. But when you do the architecture of how you're going to uh, build your infrastructure on the cloud and how you're going to implement there, you pick a server size. And it could be that you're picking the wrong server size for your system to operate optimally. And, and you pick that uh, server side for budgetary reasons. Bigger servers cost more money. If what performance testing can help prove for you is that you've picked the right server size. And, and so I think that's also important. So... Does cloud-based performance testing, is is everything that we've said so far, is it the same story for all the different forms of performance testing? So just examples, stress testing, spike testing, load testing, endurance testing, et cetera. Is that the same? Is, is cloud better for some of them or worse for others? Uh, do you have any opinions there, Lakshmi? So irrespective of cloud or physical infrastructure, right? So it, it's all going to be pretty much the same type of test. So it's going to be load, scalability, stress, resilience, endurance. And you go to even browser level performance testing to make sure that the end users are seeing the page load at, at within the anticipated time. So one major thing is that with cloud, there are multiple other types of tests where you can go and test it at every pod level. Or if you have any type of uh, specific infrastructure enabled, you need to make sure that how well each of your pods can behave or like how well each of your pods can handle the load. So that you will be able to, again, this goes back to your budgeting part where you will be able to know how many pods exactly you need within your server. You don't really need to have more than what is needed. At the same time, you should not really have a very less numbers, assuming that it will scale on the go. Uh, Jonathan, anything to add? Um, I think the biggest thing is that it, they're all conceptually the same, but the necessity has changed over time. As applications got bigger and more complex and more widely distributed, the necessity of using cloud to perform those tests is almost necessary now, as opposed to a nice to have. And I don't foresee that changing at any point in the near future. The cloud allows for the capacity and horsepower that we need to run some of those tests to have our customers feel confident that when they move to production, that it is gonna work exactly how they intended it to. Um, and they won't be stuck with a performance problem. Okay. Uh, so shifting again a little bit, monitoring is always has always been a really big part of performance testing. Without monitoring, you don't understand if there is a problem or where the problem is coming from or what bottleneck need to be addressed. Has the cloud changed the way that we're integrating with those tools or how we're using them or, or what's available? Jonathan? So again, I don't think that things have changed in the needs for what we need to capture for information. Um, the biggest thing that's happened is tools are now more sophisticated um, and the ability for us to capture the information has become easier, if anything, with the uh, integration of other tools. Right? The other piece is that performance testing is potentially this long cycle that has thousands and tens of thousands of records flowing through the application. So being able to sync up the timelines um, with the tools, right? so integrating the timelines from a monitoring tool in with the timelines from your performance testing results has become easier, which makes it much easier for the performance test analyst to link events together to help provide the information back to the teams 
as to what what was happening and what time and what a likely cause of the problem was so again not that they've changed but um, as tools continue to adapt cloud does make things a little easier to be able to integrate everything in um, so you can imagine with all that data if I was to try to run all that through on my laptop and get everything synced up my laptop just wouldn't be able to handle it the cloud doesn't have that constraint all right ask me oh sure definitely so 10 years back if you talk about performance testing it's about running a test and giving the client or giving the end users response time what they're looking for but now if you look at performance testing it's more about identifying or helping what is actually happening behind the scenes so you basically need to tell them the complete root cause analysis if at all a page load is taking eight seconds with the growth in monitoring and if you see a lot of new tools like app dynamics dynatrace and they've been in the market for quite some time i wouldn't call them new tools but with with the growth of cloud and with the growth of these tools both go hand in hand and this is what you can you can really go to dig to a level where you can find complete details of how each call in each page performs and this is going to help the developers a lot so when you are simulating a performance test when you are actually doing a performance test or an endurance test or a load test for a specified duration of time you would be able to monitor or get into your dashboards of these tools like new relic app dynamics dynatrace or any other tool you'd be able to see thread level details so you can go and identify exact points where the performance bottlenecks are happening and this is what the developers are looking for which would help them in getting to the problem a little easier and fixing them at a faster rate than just giving them that okay this page is taking a longer time to load that is not going to help them in any way because that is the first part of what you can tell them but you need to give additional details on where it is happening and probably performance engineering is going towards helping them to rectify it by doing multiple code coverages and whatnot. Awesome. And that's going to segue into the, the next big question I have, but maybe one little follow-up first. And hopefully we don't get any uh, uh, irritated emails from Dynatrace or New Relic on, on this question, is if I'm hosted in Amazon or Azure, do I need third-party monitoring tools when I'm doing my performance testing? Or is the package stuff that just comes with the cloud services, is that enough? So the package stuff which comes along would be basic or sufficient enough for you to probably start your development work on. Say if you're migrating from a physical legacy application and you're moving on to a cloud-based application, when you're doing that, you should have done a number of tests on your existing infrastructure. So you already have a confidence on how your application would behave. From physical to cloud, there isn't going to be a huge improvement in performance unless you change your code base or tweak your code bases. But what's going to happen is eventually when you're trying to implement new features and new code changes on your cloud infrastructure, that is the time when these tools can give a huge value add in addition to what is the prepackaged tools which come along with AWS or Azure. Okay, well, maybe we won't get irritated letters then. Cool. All right, so this one will be for you, Lakshmi, to, to start with. Uh, the service that we offer is, is we're not developers. We're not, we're not digging into the code. We're not trying to fix the problems that we find. But performance testing or good performance testing services, we make suggestions on things that the development should look at when there's issues or, or ways that they can try and mitigate the issues that we found. Has the new cloud-based model changed the way we give advice or, or the advice that we give in your experience? Thanks, thanks, Mike. That's a very good question. 
So with regular use of CI, CD and DevOps pipelines and whatnot, and the technology is going at a very fast pace where people are trying to identify performance defects at a very early stage and no more people are following a waterfall model or maybe very few people are actually following a waterfall model where you come to performance testing one week before your code base goes to production. Now we're going in an agile world. So with performance testing going in an agile world and with applications being on cloud, definitely it's helping performance testers and performance engineers give additional insights using all these tools available in addition to the testing which we do. So when we do the testing, we get our client side metrics like we, we get our response time, 90th percentile, 95th percentile, hits per second, throughput and all, all of these values. But when you integrate it with the cloud and when you have additional performance monitoring enabled on the cloud, you'd be able to get additional details. Say if you see your 90th percentile or if you see a maximum response time of going at 27 seconds and though your 90th percentile is five seconds, which is within your SLA, you might need to actually go and dig deeper to find what has cost the 27 seconds and with what tools we have and with the applications being on cloud, this makes it easier for us to pinpoint at issues. And this is actually helping developers to uh, fix it at a very faster pace rather than just having it on their backlog and fixing it eventually. Awesome. Uh, Jonathan, anything to add or disagree with? Thanks, Mike. Um, definitely not going to disagree with anything Lakshmi said, but his, his last point where he talked about uh, being able to fix things at a faster pace, I think that's a nice little segue into um, that whole world of CICD um, and DevOps and integration of some sort of performance test into that pipeline. Um, even if it's just a very basic baseline of um, performance metrics for an application, allows results to be captured quickly, potentially even on a daily basis. And having developed code in the past, I know it was always easier when I got feedback immediately. Like if I knew the next day that I'd broken something, it was very easy to remember. Whereas something that was out there for a month, it was hard to get my mindset back into that right spot. So I think. Everybody should be looking at ways to not leave performance testing as this final activity. Obviously, you want to do that check at the end to make sure everything's still good before you release. But getting the information throughout the entire development lifecycle, potentially even right from sprint one, um, to try to understand uh, performance improvements or degradations over time and over the course of the project, I think are instrumental in uh, making for higher quality code and being able to release it faster with confidence. Awesome. You've, I think you've, uh, you've sort of highlighted that there's an area, a topic here that, that could have its own um, newsletter, its own podcast in the future, uh, which is around the idea of continuous performance testing or performance testing in DevOps. And so what I'd like to recommend to our listeners is if you have interest in this area, use one of our social channels to, uh, to give us that feedback and, and indicate your interest. So, so that's great. Thanks for that answer, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to stymie you with a, a new question, one that, that we haven't really uh, prepped for, and and I'll start with you, John. Going into a new contract, having a new relationship, starting a new performance testing gig. Do you uh, have you built a preference around recommending whether whether we're gonna build our own self-run set of of tests that we host in the cloud and therefore leverage, or is it using one of the new services like Flood.io that do the test management and the geographical management and send the packages on their own? Do have you built a preference? Do you, uh, how would you talk to a client about how to make a choice there? Great question, Mike, and one that I definitely didn't prepare for. That said, what would I suggest? Do I have a preference? I think 
everybody's got biases as to where they want to do things but for me the biggest thing is understanding what the end goal of the performance test is and from end goal on that point obviously the real end goal is to provide the information around the performance of an application but thinking broader what are the long-term goals for our customers as to are they going to maintain and build this on their own um, and if so what are the skills of the folks there um, do they have a really technical team that can deal with the monitoring and set up their own infrastructure um, and run it if not, right, potentially items like Flood IO um, or Blaze Meter are the best choice. If they're extremely technical, I would probably go down the path of no, let them stand up their own infrastructure and tear it down um, on an as-needed basis. So I think it depends is the real answer to that question, um, and it depends on what makes sense for a customer at any given moment in time. Awesome. You did great for me putting you on the spot. Uh, Lakshmi, anything to add? Or you're that, in, in a lot of cases, you're the hands-on performance testing. Have you built a preference? Oh, sure. I, again, I'd like to go with an example here. So let's consider two clients. And your first client is actually going to be using, this performance testing activity is going to be like a one-time activity. So if it's going to be a one-time activity and they're looking for load across the geographical locations, it would be pretty expensive for them to set up multiple load generators on AWS or on Azure or, or on Google Cloud by themselves to actually run these tests just for once. Like say, there are there's just a, like a two-month initiative. So you might need to actually use, and it's better to use Flood.io or any other third-party provider which have their uh, infrastructure hosted on the cloud already. All you need to do is create your scripts and upload your scripts you would be able to see their dashboard as well to see how things perform. And as I told earlier, you will have your own client-side metrics as well. And let's assume client two, who's actually going to be running these tests, say, for a period of two-year engagement, and they would be using this quite often. And if that's the case, we or I would generally recommend setting up their own infrastructure. By their own infrastructure, what I mean is they can have their own AWS machines configured as load generators with suitable memory and uh, suitable space spacing options. So you might need to actually use these points to make sure that what exactly is needed. So they can actually use this existing infrastructure n number of times and they don't really need to go through a paid service. Which makes a lot of sense if you're going to integrate it in your uh, CI pipeline. Yes, exactly, Mike. Awesome. Okay, so so we've had a great conversation. Uh, I've got one final wrap-up question that that is going to uh, work in and also be our conclusion. So so we'll start with you, Jonathan. Any last thoughts you have as you answer this question? Is what's the future of performance testing in the cloud? So so that's a tough one. Having done this for twenty five years, what I have figured out is that I am unable to uh, determine what the future is. I do know that it will change. Um, I don't believe cloud is going to go away by any means, and even more, it will be there'll be more adopters, and it will be um, in everybody's sort of tool bag um, as they go into build out new projects. One of the things I think, and maybe it's another talk for another day, but I think the addition of edge computing, right? So taking the power of cloud and moving it a little closer to um, where end users are is something that performance testers are going to need to figure out how do I test that? How do I confirm cloud edge computing and my local environment? So I, that's going to be an interesting one to solve. Um, I don't think unsolvable. And I think in order to solve it, we all just need to take a step back, 
look at what's happened in performance testing over the years, look at how we solved every new challenge along the way, and then use some of those tricks and tools that we've picked up along our careers, figure out how to solve problems like edge computing and the performance of that. I don't know what the future is, but I know that it's going to be exciting and filled with lots of things that will challenge the minds of testers. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Lakshmi. So from my end, uh, being working with a number of tools and with a number of different clients, what I personally feel could be the next step is more oriented towards end user and or browser-based performance testing. So right now we have uh, Loadrunner's True Client, which still consumes a lot of resources for you to ramp up to 1,000 users. So you might need a n number of load generators to simulate the same. So I'm actually hoping that there would be a solution for this with using an n number of headless browsers to simulate the load through the ui and that is what the business is also looking for of late like so they are more interested to see how the end user experiences rather than just being the server-based response time we, we are actually waiting to get that update or that sort of implications or implementations from the load testing tools so i feel that's the future awesome and, and i think that that's a very interesting point that it maybe bears its own discussion around the idea that a lot of performance testing when we're talking about mobile has moved to server side to make sure that your bottleneck aren't your your API calls and, and your server calls and stuff like that. So I think that's interesting and that, and that bears watching. So thank you very much for that. Okay, I'd like to thank the panel, uh, Lakshmi and Jonathan, for joining us for a really great discussion about performance testing in the cloud. I think that there's a lot of stuff and, and maybe uh, listening to it two or three times may, may help you really get what you like out of the talk. Um, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I love our audience. I think that there's a lot of room here, I think. And I love that that there's one or two talks that I, I see in the future coming out of this. So I think that's great as well. If you, the listener, have anything you'd like to add to our conversation, um, we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, your questions. We'd like to continue the discussion as we can. You can find us at PQA Testing on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or on our website. You can find links to our social media and website accounts in the episode description. Um, on your platform where you listen to us. If you are enjoying our conversations about uh, everything about software testings, we'd love it if you could rate and review our panel talks on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And uh, thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next month. Thank you, everyone.